that was a, a a long reflection period, but I think worthwhile because, like I said, it's it's around Christmas time when you get the chance to do that. It's yeah. the year end. It's only natural to look back. You got to light a candle um, and you got to reflect. To Eclipse on Tap, the podcast where we talk about eclipses of all kinds and space in general. I am one of the two co-hosts, Matt, and with me this strangely warm December evening is other co-host David. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Eclipse on Tap podcast. We've got a uh, quite the the show in store this month. We do. Yeah, very special guest in the second half. So uh, make sure you stay tuned for the uh, the second half post break interview with uh, with a now friend of the podcast Ben Pearson. He is the founder of WhereIsRoadster.com, which is yep. a, a website we have frequently yep. gone to yep. and reported on throughout the fifteen we, prior episodes of this podcast. Which is crazy, fifteen prior episodes, but. <sighs> Crazy. Yeah, we. Uh, I'm sure you have. Uh, if you've been listening in um, the last, you know, I think we've mentioned it probably a few, at least a few different times. I'd say three or four times. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty unique website, uh, which kind of follows along with the the Starman and his Roadster. Um, but we'll get into that a little bit more as we as we move on here. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll introduce him a bit before yeah. the break. But we will, we definitely have a. A good uh, show in store for you. Um, yeah. Talking to Ben and uh, what he has to say about uh, his experiences and all that, and how he got to to be with uh, his current with with the website he put up and all that kind of stuff. So definitely very cool stuff. We, there's so much stuff that has happened even yeah. this month though. Outside of all that, um, we've got what do we have? Uh, a yeah. lunar eclipse. We had a comet. We had. Mm-hmm. What else did we have? So it was just a flurry. It's like the end of 2018 decided to all of a sudden be a flurry of space news activity. Um, and we'll kind of touch on a few things. And with it being the fact that we have a, um, a more in-depth podcast interview in the second half, this first half is almost, I would say, going to act as like a year-end, yeah. like, uh, I don't know, a quick list of yeah. stuff that's been happening um, in the space news world because it really has been a flurry. And, I mean, before we get into that, too, we wish all of our listeners a happy holidays. Hopefully everyone had a, um, a Merry Christmas if you celebrate Christmas um, or uh, some good family time in general um, this last week, this last weekend. Um, this episode is yeah. going to be airing on the Saturday, December 29th, so we're post-Christmas uh, at this point. But uh, kind of in-between stage between Christmas and New Year's is always a good time to catch up on stuff, and with it being... You know, busy family time and stuff. We found found some time here to record the first half of this podcast. We recorded the yep. first, or sorry, the second half interview. Was that two weeks ago? Yep, a couple weeks ago. So yeah, so we'll kind of preface that as we build towards the break. But um, hopefully, everyone had a safe and happy holidays. Uh, it's always a good time to kind of reflect. And like David said, it's crazy. We've done fifteen prior episodes. This being the sixteenth. I was actually just flipping through our Instagram the other day, just like posts that we've done. Yeah. And there was one, I think we were out like at Brewery Vivant here in Grand Rapids, and it was like 
we were saying like pre-production meeting for episode six or something yeah and it's just weird like we're 10 months from there yep time time flies time flies pretty soon we're gonna be hitting the two-year mark um this upcoming august in the summertime we'll we'll have our two-year mark it's it's crazy it's it's been a fun year for our one-year podcast anniversary we had the special episode recorded live with all of our eclipse friends down at uh, mis at the nascar race and that 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 was probably one of my favorite uh podcast memories of the year that was probably i would say that's my favorite too um uh, and i I liked uh the fact that we incorporated some of these interviews with um you know the race chaser uh my dad and uh we got john on here john larson the two uh, individuals who came with us to the eclipse and yeah, the fellow eclipse um, chasers. Yeah, yeah. So it, that was those were two special moments too. And then yeah. Um, yeah, so I think it's it's been like I was thinking the other day. Just you know, um, I got this you know eclipse. I got you know celestial celestial calendar for uh, Christmas, and that is a bunch of like different you know. Each month is a little bit different, you know, basically like story on the month, basically. Right. um, There's, yeah, it's just kind of, I was looking at some of the little pictures and diagrams and all that, and I was just thinking about August 21st. I'm just thinking back, (laughs) just taking myself back there and just, I'm like, I can't believe that was that long ago. And and you still have to like, I find myself even on a daily basis walking around just stores and I something catches my eye and I'm like that looks like an eclipse. Yeah. Or and then and then I think to myself, wait, when's the next eclipse? Twenty twenty four. All right. Yeah. Or wait, maybe maybe you and I like we we've talked about going to the next summer yeah. going to Patagonia. But yeah, we'll see if we can make that happen. We we want to make it happen, but right. we can see if we can make it happen. Um, and even if we but, don't, we'll be right on top of the coverage of it as yeah. if we were there. You know, I mean, we might not. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah, I'm gonna be watching that thing. I'm gonna find a way to watch it live. Yeah, we'll Even be watching it. There. We'll be watching it live yeah. and covering it, and we'll have a full episode dedicated to it. that'll be taking place, kind of right around the July Fourth holiday of this upcoming year. Um, and and so I think you know we originally had full plans to go there, and then you start looking at the plane tickets and all this, and it becomes a feasibility question. But regardless, yeah. it's gonna be a good year looking forward, and it's been a great year looking back, and I think. Um, you look at some of the, I really do, I think back to the August 2017 date and that really was like one of, it's like a highlight. It's like a year. I think it's going to be a day when in 50 years time, it's going to be a day still, even after the 2024 eclipse and the 20, was it 2045 or 2050 something? It's like 2045, I think. Even after that, after we've had, we've seen several eclipses, that will always be the first time it's a. Yeah, it's um. There's gonna be nothing like that, and it's always gonna be a day I never forget. And the experience that we had was really great. So there ain't nothing gonna be like standing in the parking lot yep. with a Coors Light, oh, man, at eight, eight o'clock in, in a solar eclipse, Hopkinsville, Kentucky solar eclipse glass. Yeah, with a Coors Light. Yeah, at nine a.m. Because there, that's the thing oh, yeah. is, even twenty twenty four. You know, we've talked about going down to Santa. Well, we will. We will definitely make a trip. We're not. It's going to go through Toledo. It's going to go through Indianapolis. It's going to go through yeah. places that are well within a, a day's drive for us. Oh, but yeah. we're going to make it a trip. Absolutely. We'll go down to San Antonio. We'll go down to Little Rock, Arkansas, wherever we need to go. But I think there's there's nothing like the experience that 
you know, we had Hopkins Villages treated us so well. Yeah. Um, down there, it being the first Great American Eclipse in a hundred years, it was that. Yeah, looking back on that is crazy. Yeah. Um, Sixteen episodes later, it still is. By even you know, reflecting on all the, the highlights of this particular year, that's still the highlight of everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's gotta be the highlight of the last. 10 years of my life honestly. yeah it's crazy you know and there's been yeah. there's been a lot of like cool stuff that i've gotten to do and you know and, and like personally like just all those things like that has to be one of the coolest things out of the last 10 years yeah i'd say like, you I know besides yeah. besides my wedding day that's yeah. that's the that's the next back you know the next best memory is seeing that thing uh well i mean live. it goes eclipse then wedding day yeah yeah <laughs> you gotta prioritize right eclipse is uh a rare a rare occurrence yeah um but looking back on this particular uh calendar year that yeah like you said we interviewed some really great people had some fellow eclipse chasers on board uh john and, and your dad and then and then like i said for the the one year anniversary we had chandler on andy yeah. on um yeah. that was great i mean to have folks that saw it from all over we still have other people that we know that are in our circle of friends that we can interview that that did see the eclipse. Um, my friend Adam, he saw it. Yeah. He, he saw it when it hit first light, first yeah. landfall um, out in Salem, Oregon. Um, we got to definitely get him on board. So there's a lot more to come for the podcast, and the, the growth is going to be exponential. I think. Yeah. As far as what we can achieve, um, and and our position has always been the same. It's we don't care so much about the followers and the Twitter followers and the Instagram. All that that stuff's fun. But what we're really setting out to do is spread the enthusiasm of what we felt at the eclipse yeah. back in 2017 and share that with our friends and listeners of this podcast and bring friends on to help do that for us. You know, yeah. like Brady, Brady Keniston, when he came on, that was also an amazing interview because um, he, he witnessed the eclipse from, I think he saw a partial here in Michigan, but he brought so much to our podcast in the, in the form of, his experiences for talk, uh, taking photography of space rocket launches. Um, and he's gone on, even since we recorded with him, yeah. he's gone on to do some amazing things. He was just down oh, yeah. in, in New Zealand yeah. uh, recording, uh, or sorry, ref, uh, taking photos of the Rocket Lab Electron launch. Mm-hmm. So Rocket Lab is this startup company down in New Zealand who kind of in, in, in the same vein as SpaceX is really launching some cool rockets and they, they had a successful launch, and I don't know if you saw, did you see his photos? Yeah, I did. There, he has one that's just, it's got the ice, like, crackling off. Yeah. And there's the, it just is the coolest photo. It was yeah. one of his best, I think, of the year. And Some of them, I was looking, and my, like, my jaw just dropped yeah. when I was looking at it. It was, it was absolutely phenomenal photography, um, but, yeah, definitely, um, it cool that, and it, I, we definitely need to talk to that him again. I mean, it, for it's sure. Like we need to catch up with him. Yeah, catch up with him, and uh, and and you know whether that's in a year or two years from now. And and I basically I think that's one of the things I told him. I'm like, and I can't wait to talk to you again. Like when we did talk to him, mm-hmm. I was just you know the amount of like things that he's done up until then when we spoke to him, and then I just imagined what he was gonna do from then on. I was like, all right, well. Good luck to you. I can't wait yeah. to catch up with you again because For whatever sure. you have to talk tell us next time is going to be, um, you know, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Basically, is what you know. But yeah, it's, uh, 
you look at you look yeah. at like his photo I mean, when he did the Falcon Heavy. That's kind of what put him on the map. He's you know if you listen back to that, I can't name the episode off the top of my head, but it was probably five or six or seven or so episodes ago. Um, with the with, like, there's a certain you know anyone can take a photo, but there's a certain level of talent that's required to take the photos he can take. And I think when we spoke with him and we actually got to meet him a little yeah. bit, we both knew he was destined for some pretty great things yeah. as far as the uh, photography is concerned. And sure enough, he uh, just got back from this crazy New Zealand trip, and um, and we kind of communicate with back back and forth with him on Twitter. And it's that that's what I love about this podcast is we can share the enthusiasm of what we felt on uh, August twenty first, twenty seventeen, um, and that be our main kind of pillar of the podcast but in the t- it, like as we do so we can meet new people yeah. and we can uh, yeah. we can kind of expand our breadth of space lovers and uh, so to speak and 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 that leads into our interview with ben too um yeah and we'll get into that in a bit but yeah but yeah so that it, it is fun you know around christmas time it's always a good time to reflect i think you know you, yeah. you look back at the things you've gotten to do um yeah, well, it's pretty cool. I think we're pretty lucky. Yeah. One of the things I think is like the the neatest things with our podcast and everything and like we started because it was, you know, the the eclipse. I mean, we've always both had kind of a passion for space and um, mm-hmm. you know, NASA in general, like right. different different things of that nature, but the eclipse definitely brought it together and it was like an inspiration. Mm-hmm. But you know, we could have easily stopped doing this, you know, after a couple episodes and said, all right, yeah, well, I'm kind of over it. Yeah. But I think that just kind of shows the kind of the excitement and the passion that we do have. And then also along the way, like we've just pointed out, all the people that we've actually spoken to and, and even like our anniversary episode with everybody at NASCAR, yeah. you know, everybody else there was pumped up just as much as we were. Yeah. So, I mean, except for you know maybe Joe sitting yeah. on the bench on on the other side. Well, of Joe the, Joe camper, didn't fully but... witness totality, so no. he he doesn't even know. No. But he, he will even... he will in twenty twenty four because he's in Indianapolis. So yeah, he oh, will. he will. Yeah, yeah. But, and he'll he'll be like he'll be changed. But I hope that he'll yeah. join us on our trip to San Antonio, though. I mean, he'll, I, he'll I would, even leave his hometown. I would um, hope I would hope he would leave the perimeter of 465 the highway that surrounds him but <laughs> yeah. we don't know we don't we, know yeah, you because don't know. he's yeah he, he's a nomad you know but you he know is him. lucky in that his city is in the path of the uh will, will be an amazing 2024 yeah. eclipse double the breadth as far as m- the width um and uh length of totality it literally it, double i i cannot and length just thing. thinking about that is giving me chills almost thinking we saw it for two minutes and thirty seconds, or not even for uh, 2017, and it's going to be four minutes and ten seconds for 2024. That's going to feel like an eternity of extra totality. Yeah. And I can't wait. That's it's crazy. It's it's going to be nuts. Yeah. Um, and 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 as we've said before, if you listen back to our episode one, two, three, a lot of what we talked about then was we want to build up excitement for that 2024 eclipse because what yeah. we've said time and time again is what's sad is if you went into Barnes and Noble right after the eclipse there was or right before even there was books on books on books about totality eclipse this that whatever like at least probably 10 I'd say and now you go in there there's not a single one no it's like a trend right so like 2017 it happened um it's like the 
the whole country kind of falls into that category in a way, uh, like get there right at totality, see it, take a picture and leave. Um, we want to try to uh, spread an enthusiasm in a way that will show people that it really is more than just the totality. You, it's seeing that whole event of the, par- pre- the partial coming in, partial going out. Yeah, um, it's well worth it. So it's been a it's been a fun time to reflect and yeah, that's just kind of the way America works though in uh, general. Yeah, like very, we're just with uh, very trend like even yeah, yeah even with I mean that and that that's just whoever the buyer is sitting up in the main office at you know the bookstore yeah you know it, he he's like okay what's gonna sell this year and he those those guys probably do the research and you know they they have people that go out and do research for him or whatever and they say all right. We got to buy a bunch of books on the eclipse because there's an eclipse this year or whatever. You know? Right. So, and even with, you know, heck, it, any anywhere you go, I mean, even uh, Best Buy had a bunch of like a whole section dedicated eclipse filters yeah, and yeah, they had a whole thing like with glasses and all that, and that was sold out. I mean, so you know, it's good. Like when that stuff does come around, it's really really awesome to see. Yeah. But it, it's like with anything else. Like if you, any other hobby of mine that i've ever had that's you know not necessarily a really popular thing there's always that you know small section maybe it's around for a little bit and then Mm. it's gone but um, yeah you know like we we witness it with bike racing during the tour de france or whatever there's a bunch of bikes ads on tv a bunch of bike stuff all over the place and then trends yeah all of a sudden it's gone you know after, after it's done but it would be really neat to see that all continue and that's what the point of our podcast was to do that is to continue this, you know, interest and pass on the passion yeah. for the eclipse after it was done. So, and I hope we've been able to do that and to do it in a know. in a relatively casual way. Yeah. Because one one of the things that I mean, I mean, all of the if you look at like the NASA podcasts or some of the really like the Neil deGrasse Tyson podcasts, we, we both listen to those. They're amazing. And be, but we are people who are passionate about space, and when I'm driving around, I like to listen to that kind of stuff. But not everybody might. And but that doesn't mean that the person that doesn't like to listen to the nitty gritty about the satellites and the um, the launches and stuff, that doesn't mean that that person can't witness and feel the um, just the special event that is an eclipse. They, that person, whether they're interested in space or not, needs to see that, I think. It's something that, as a human being, you have to see an eclipse because it puts into perspective just the scale of space. Yeah. It's the only thing... You can go look at the moon in your telescope. You can look at Saturn in your telescope and all sorts of planets, but there's nothing like an eclipse to put things in scale yeah. because you literally have two planetary bodies perfectly eclipsing each exactly. other and i think that's and, and, and again yeah that's the that's the virtue of our podcast and the um we want to make that little trend of august 2017 be like a year-long thing i want to see yeah. totality books in the bookstore all the time because it's it is crazy you know, we, we and we've I, I would like to talk to people too and i don't know if we can find anybody in 2017 that saw it that was not really so interested in space but saw the eclipse and was because everyone we've we've talked to was already kind of previously interested, but in twenty twenty four I think it's going to be even more so. Yeah. People people have heard stories in twenty seventeen, and it's going to be even more of like a mayhem get to the eclipse path, the totality path in twenty twenty four. Yeah. Um, because it's not going to be around for 
a long time after that. Right. Too, We're extremely is, lucky to get it within seven yeah. years. Yeah. Um, it's going to be another 25, 30 years until the next one after that, at least in the United States. So, yeah. And, and I think the 2024, barring any sort of strange weather across our entire country, um, it, like it would suck if like a giant cloud is over the entire country the whole day. Yeah. But that, is, I mean, it really is primed to be the best eclipse probably ever. Yeah. Um, I would I would say so. As far as the Remote. way it's crossing the country to the the width of the mileage, double the mileage of the twenty seventeen eclipse, but yeah. So we we just we like we want to thank all of the people that do listen to us, and it's been fun to see people like you said when we talk to our friends at the at the NASCAR race. They're they they've always been you know very close friends of mine, but I don't get to see them very much because they live elsewhere. But then when they come back into town for the NASCAR race and we chat with them. And they say something like, oh, yeah, I listened to your podcast about the Mars close approach. And I told my friends about it, and we all watched it together. Like, yeah. that's amazing. That makes me feel, that's like the most empowering thing I could uh, I could possibly hear. Yeah. Whether it's work, you know, like, there's a lot of things in life. There's your hobbies, your your daily life, your work, or whatever. But to hear that kind of stuff, yeah. even, even this little podcast that we do just once a month, that was like one of the coolest moments is just just hear that somebody listened to our podcast and shared it with somebody else and they go they went out to do something that they would not have normally done exactly and they they witnessed something and they like that right there is um, that's what keeps us going cuz like you said i mean there's a lot of things in my life that i get into yeah uh, like even for reference last christmas we were playing Star Wars Battlefront, like it nonstop, for twelve hours, and we were really into it. Yeah. And like anything, like in that in that vein, like video games in particular, it lasts for a week or two, but then it, it's gonna naturally fizzle out. Yeah. And this podcast very easily could have fallen into that category. Yeah. It could have very yeah. easily been a four to six month thing, and then we got busy with work and we fell off and oh, blah, heck, blah, blah. less than that. Not, yeah, I mean it could have been. Hey, let's do. Yeah, we did like three, and then that was yeah. it. You know, and it could have easily fizzled yeah. out. But I think it's it's the, you know, we don't have a ton of listeners, and that's not really important to us. But the the few that we have had that have shared that, you know, I guess that story, um, that keeps me going. And yeah. even though we might, you know, I think originally we said we're gonna release each podcast on the first week week of every month. And that doesn't always happen, you know, like this this month, we're releasing it probably on the last few days of the month, but it really, to us, it doesn't matter so much. It's just about getting one out a month, as long as it's on that that month of the year, it's it's going to be fine for us, and yeah, and that's what's been fun. We've kept that balance of um, keeping it enthusiastic and fun, or, and, and, and interesting, I hope, to our listeners, I guess I can't say without, yeah. without having their opinion, but... But also keeping it fun and relaxed. It's not something that we're like super regimented about where it's taking over yeah. our daily life. There's been times where both of us are really busy with work, yeah. and we say, you know what, let's let's push it back. And I think yeah. that's you gotta that, be you gotta be you know pliable and flexible with everything, you know. But I if think it, if it's yeah. the nature of the podcast, if it, it, it's yeah. the way the podcast is designed, it's supposed to be yeah. very casual in nature, and that's when. When we spoke with Ben, um, any of our interviewees, it's it's always someone who, who I think recognizes that and um, feels like they can kind of help us out with that and, and encourage other, I guess you could call them amateur listeners, 
to really get into the space hobby. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I think uh, what it comes down to, what I want other people to have that have not seen totality, have not you know, witnessed an eclipse, uh, a solar eclipse. Mm-hmm. Um, lunar eclipses are amazing too, but the solar eclipse, especially a total solar eclipse, is you know something that took my breath away. And I've we've we've said this over the course of fifteen episodes how crazy it was and how you know took your breath away kind of deal. But I want people to kind of get ready, like people who maybe didn't see the one that we saw, yeah. maybe didn't didn't get a chance to taste that and have that holy shit moment. Yeah. Like, that's, like, what that's I want the, them to have. Like, because, yeah. like, in our like our, our experience, like, our video that we have, and we have it on YouTube, like, that was, that was the, like, the only thing I said initially was, yeah. holy shit, I want people to experience that, because that wasn't something, like, and it, like, I've been interested in this. I've been interested in the solar system and space and, you know, what's beyond our solar system, what's beyond, mm-hmm. what's, what's the, at the edge of the universe? Well, how far does the universe go and this is stuff that my dad has always kind of like talked to me about yeah, and yeah. got me curious about yep. like and but at the same time like when we went to the eclipse i was excited but i didn't really understand and know what i was about to see yeah and i've and now we've mentioned this multiple times i want people to get ready and like just be excited and not not like you don't really need to prepare but i guess to a degree you would want to prepare yeah, for, for the sure. 2024 eclipse when it is going through the United States or for any other eclipse throughout the world, wherever you are and you're listening to the podcast, to to be ready for that holy shit moment because yeah. it's it's like unlike anything I've ever experienced and it's probably like I would say going to be the most, I have to say it probably has been the most incredible, most shocking thing I've ever seen because you're watching this Slow. I mean, it, it takes forever. I mean, it, it, it's a three-hour endeavor where you're just waiting for the moon to cross over the sun. But once it does it, and you're actually in the shadow of the moon, it's you're literally standing there like nothing could have remotely prepared you for it. No, yeah. Even you couldn't have read any book no, or any. Yeah. You couldn't watch any video. You couldn't have done anything to prepare you for the feeling that you have when you yeah. actually do see it. So. That's what, like, I think is really cool. Like, we can hopefully, you know, by doing this podcast and by, you know, talking to the people that we're talking to and all that, prepare people and get people excited. Yeah. Not necessarily prepare people, but really just get people excited to go out and maybe make the trip to the path of totality. For sure. sure. You know, like, like people who would never have taken that trip, maybe packed up the minivan or packed up whatever and gone to this path in 2024 that live in the u.s or maybe maybe people in patagonia are listening and they want to they're considering yeah going to check it out or you know yeah. who, if we, who if, knows yeah know, even if we know, could like, inspire one or two or 10 yeah. or 20 people to to just like because there were a lot of folks in 2017 there were, there were plenty that saw totality sure but there was a lot of people that saw it from our home state, Michigan, that saw the 97% partial. Yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. And we've talked about this before. But they're like, I wanted to, I want to take the people that said, oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. I looked with my solar eclipse glasses and I saw, uh, you know, just a sliver of the sun. 
it, it means nothing. It's worthless. Honestly, it really is. It's like what you experience there, while yes, if you have literally no way of getting to, to totality, the path, if you have like no transportation and that's all you have is the partial, then of course, yeah, put your eclipse glasses on and look up at it. But if you have any possible way of getting to that totality, we've spoken to this and I think all, everyone we've interviewed that has seen totality has uh, kind of said the same thing is get down there because 99.9% yeah. .9 partial doesn't mean anything if you can't see the, the 100%. No, absolutely not. Um, like, and that's, and that's like, that's why we wanted to even start this to begin with yeah. is to get people excited and go do it. Not, yeah. not necessarily prepare people, but like just get people excited that maybe whoever it is that might not have been any remotely interested in this at all. Right. Maybe they catch wind of this podcast down the road, and mm -hmm. they have plenty of time to do it until maybe they live in the U.S. Yeah, and they're waiting till the next eclipse. Maybe they'll listen to this, or maybe they'll, maybe somebody they know listens to this podcast, and yeah. then they will drive to the eclipse in yeah. 2024. That and and they live out in wherever you know, out west or whatever. But that's like the goal that I have for it. Like I want everybody in my family. This next one that goes through the U.S. in 2024, I want yeah. everybody to see it, and everybody yeah. like that I know, like my brothers and sisters, everybody like pack them know, into the the RV. Like, Let's drive down to San Antonio. Yeah. I want everybody to see it and witness it and appreciate it, and then be able to say, because you know, it, it, it's life changing. It really is. It, it yeah. you you know, it, like I said, it's kind of uh, one of those experiences where. Much like Apollo 8, which we had a 50th anniversary. We did, yes. Uh, this month. This but, Christmas. Uh, this Christmas, yep. So, uh, much like Apollo 8, where they went to the moon and orbited the moon, and were able to see Earth from the moon and the Earth rise. Yep. And they wanted to go back and show everybody, you know, what it, what it looked like. Right. This is, I feel like I want everyone I know to experience the same thing that I yeah. experienced. Um, just to, you know... Oh, yeah. Ago, so but. so while yeah, so it's like while yes, we are we're yeah. not astronauts that saw the the Earth rise from from you know orbiting the Moon. We did see something incredible, and yes, a lot of other people saw it too, but not a not a lot of other people are really spreading that actively, um, and so that's that's what we're doing. And so in a year of reflection, that's what we want to say, and yeah, we, we appreciate everybody that's listened to us ramble on and on about it for you know, hours on end and talk about all the other things that have inspired us, um, whether it be the Falcon Heavy launch or any other number of launches or other space news. Those are things that we just use to continue keeping the excitement high um, yeah. in the meantime. Because And, and that, that's the thing I find really inspiring about this is that in you know, 2024, yes, it's close, but it's still far enough away where we still have five and a half more years of this podcast where we're going to continue to build, we're going to continue to interview people, you know, left and right, whether they're close circle friends or people like Brady or people like Ben Pearson, who we interviewed this month in our break, our post break interview, people outside of our circle, um, where we're, we're actually beginning to build a, a small network of people and whether they're truly in the space industry or just amateurs like Brady and Ben, um, that's that's what I find inspiring, and it has nothing to do with our own personal like popularity. I could give a shit about that, like whether or not like oh cool we got to 
we got to interview Charlie Duke or something. Yeah. And like, oh, that's cool for us. We yeah. we, we want to share that so that we get popularity. No, we want to. We would want to share that so that other people could hear it and hear him talk. You know. Exactly. And yeah. uh, and that would be amazing, by the way. Yeah. Um, who knows? Maybe in uh, in a couple of years' time. Who 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 knows? But uh, yeah. So in a year of reflection, I think uh, it's been a great ride. It has. And uh, we'll continue. We'll can. It, it's the fun thing is it's going to continue in the same fashion, if not more so. Yeah. We're gonna, like I said, interview more people, and and that's uh, just gonna be great. It's gonna be a great year. So. That was a, a long reflection period, but I think worthwhile because, like I said, it's, all, it's around Christmas time when you get the chance to do that. It's yeah. the year end. It's only natural to look back. You got to light a candle um, and you got to reflect. Yeah, you, we, we have a candle lit. Fig and leather is, Fig the, and is leather. the scent. It smells great. Um, Soy candle. Here in uh, Pub 39A. And just to kind of get back to our roots here, I'll introduce what I'm drinking. I am drinking a Shorts Brew, which is up in Bel Air, Michigan, kind of northwest corner of the of our home state, the Mitten, the Mitten State, Michigan. It's called Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster, uh, kind of a goofy name for a beer, but it's delicious, a Belgian-style double IPA. Uh, it has a little bit of a space theme in a way, I guess. It's got kind of an arcade theme, kind of a, uh, what's that, that game? Oh, um... Uh... Looks like kind of like Pac-Man a little bit. Pac-Man or um, what's the game where you shoot the little spaceships coming down? I can't remember. Yeah. Looks like Pac-Man. Yeah. Yeah, know. it's got that very 1980s arcade yeah. look, looking logo, but it's still a, kind of a space name, but very delicious. And on the side, I've got a little bit of house whiskey. House whiskey, yeah. It's a Christmas time, so Christmas spirits. Well, I, I had a two-hearted. It's gone now. But. It's gone, but and then I have the house whiskey. But, uh, yeah, we, we've been, uh, you know, sipping, enjoying spirits. That's what this is all about. Yeah. And uh, we'll continue to do that, find new beers to promote. And, uh, you know, maybe you have a brewery and you'd like to promote a beer. Let yeah. us know. Oh, we'd love that. Send us an email. Yeah, my friend. Like, for yeah. real. Like, my friend Adam, we have to definitely get him on the podcast. He, he being the one of the close friends of mine who saw the eclipse when it first hit landfall. Yeah. He he mentioned he lives in Portland, Oregon. He mentioned to me that there is a brewery in I think it's in Portland, if not somewhere in Oregon, that is space themed. Like it's a brewery that every beer, it doesn't matter what it is, it's always going to be space themed, which is crazy. So I got to see if I can figure out a way to maybe do a trade or something and yeah. get some of that out here. That would be fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah, super cool. So I think it's it's fun. And I hope, and why well, I don't hope, because I know it will still happen. But like for us to be able to just you know sip on a beer and sip on a, a whiskey here at this Christmas time when we're enjoying the spirit, um, that's that's the nature of the podcast. It keeps it casual. You know, it's 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 meant to be. That's why it's called Eclipse on Tap. It's space stuff, but it's also just in a casual manner because there's plenty of podcasts out there that you can really dive into. Space stuff and beer stuff. Yes. Space stuff and beer What's stuff. What's not to love? Yes. Yep. So um, so that's what we're sipping on this evening. Um, I think one thing that would be cool is if you know we, we've attempted, in, in at least several times, to have people send us photos of their eclipse, send us photos of their you know moon shot through their telescope, their Saturn shot, whatever. 
send us anything. If you have something to send us, even if it's not space related, if you want to send us what what beer or whiskey or beverage or whatever you're sipping on, I think that'd be cool too. Because mm-hmm. um, we always share what we're sipping on. If you're um, listening, go ahead and like send us something while you're listening or after the podcast or whatever whatever you want to do. Yeah, uh, just send us a quick yeah. tweet with like, yeah. oh, I'm sipping on on this beer, and, and it like that that's fun for us to. Yeah, just we'll explore. give you a shout out too, maybe. Because that's its that's its own whole world of different beers like we're what we said last episode what was kind of funny is we felt like we were running out of beers that were space themed yeah and then all of a sudden there's like a whole slew of new ones oh yeah so so that's we're limited to limited to what we can get here in our town right if you have something else that's ridiculously awesome and out of this world let us know we'll be happy to consume it absolutely and feature it if we can get our hands on them, so absolutely, um, that's that would be amazing if we could get if we could get some ideas for some beer, and then also whoever is out there that has a picture of the eclipse, yes, um, just anything, send send it in. You know our links. We can we'll repeat them here in a minute, but yeah, because um, that that only fuels. Yeah. Yeah, our our personal enthusiasm to keep this going. We're gonna do it no matter what. Yeah. But if we get that kind of interaction with with people that listen, whether it's close friends, I don't care if it's someone that like is my best friend, and they're gonna tweet me a picture, and I'm like, oh, here's a tweet from someone I know, clo- you know, super close. It doesn't matter if it's them or if it's someone I don't know. Yeah. It's awesome. I think as a whole, if we look back at the year in reflection, this year has been great for the podcast. If you look back at 2017, granted we only had August mm-hmm. through December, so we didn't have a full year, but this year alone we've had almost a thousand listens. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Which across, is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And for, More than for I some, thought we would. Yeah, have, for yeah. someone like people like us that, yeah. like I said, we're not really interested in the likes and the tweets and the retweets and the listens and all that. It is fun though, regardless, to be someone that's creating something, and know yeah. that people are listening. Yeah. I think. Um, it's a rewarding thing, and we only hope to grow. Um, yeah. And what would, and like, like I said, just, you know, like, not to repeat myself, but just if we can get people to engage and, like, send us a photo, send us a, you know, video of the eclipse or, like, from your vantage point, um, things like that, or anything, like, you know, your, the beer that you're sipping on, something like that would yeah. be, would be, you know, Something that we would cherish and we would share. We'd probably make a full so, episode about yeah, it. <laughs> I think we, I think we probably would. You yeah, know, that, that, uh, that's because then, then we know, you know, I, I know, like most people who are listening to this, obviously, are interested in this. Um, right. But I think that would be a big step to engaging, and that'd be a huge thing for us. So I mean, if we could, and it's something that we could, if there's other. You know, beers out there, other vantage points of the eclipse. That's yeah. what we're all about. We're all about beer and eclipses. Yes, that's and our also whiskey. Yes. So I mean, we're actually currently in the process of making yeah. some stickers where yeah. the slogan underneath our logo is space period beer period podcast period repeat repeat. So that's uh, that's what we do. Yeah. That's, so that's uh, that's what it's all about. That's why we're here, and um, I, you know, we hope everybody's having fun. Yeah, we hope everyone enjoys our interview here with Ben Pearson. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, very interesting. Um, we we kind of dig into his experience with 
uh, as far as his background with you know everything that he's done yeah. basically he's had from school until yeah. now yeah he um, had some yeah. uh, he went to the University of Arizona which is uh, well acclaimed for being a great institution for aerospace uh, engineering and science and he was a part of some satellite design programs there and he'll get into all that but it was a great interview and really enjoyed having him on and we appreciate his time taking time out of his day um, to talk about where is roadster.com and kind of the inspiration for that um, and his background yeah. in the space industry and all that and and really you know we've spent a lot of this podcast so far just reflecting on our own experiences but just, just as a quick hit list I think the month of December was crazy for space news yeah. We just just as a quick hit list. We won't go into a lot yeah. of detail for time purposes, but we had the NASA Insight probe which we talked about in episode 15 that was right before it was going to land. Yeah. It successfully landed. We both watched that uh, oh, yeah. land. We watched the live stream. I had the day off for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was uh, an amazing uh, experience to just watch the team of people there at Mission Control just get so excited about their probe landing. And now, a month later, or almost a month later, it's uh, beginning to slowly kind of do its thing. You know, it's putting down its seismic sensor. It's putting the thermometer into the ground. It's yeah. doing all, all the small little motions where every one of those little tiny motions, while it's there remotely on Mars, is a huge deal for that team. Yeah. Um, it's cool to see. And, uh, you know, like we've tweeted and Instagrammed out, uh, we had our, our name out there on the little chip that they had attached to the um, to the lander, it, which is cool to see. They actually sent the little picture of the disc. It's probably the size of like a half dollar or maybe a quarter, and it has every name in like microscopically inscribed on there. Oh, really? So yeah. So my name's on Mars. It's on there. Yeah. Uh, it's cool to see. And so, so NASA Insight was a huge success um, thus far, and just a really cool program. So that makes eight out of nine missions that NASA has sent to Mars have been successful. Pretty good percentage. It's good, good, uh, yeah. good to see. We've had a lot of what other do, stuff too. What do we had uh, Comet? Yep. Which has not been obviously um, the last uh, month of December. Uh, usually in Michigan, it's a little overcast, which it has been. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen the sun poke out a couple times, but maybe twice. <laughs> uh, at, at night, it's been a little bit rough to see. And it's actually supposed to be visible at a reasonable hour, um, right around like the 8 to 9, 10 p.m. kind of thing. So it's been, right. as far as visibility, it's supposed to be very good, but it's just been very overcast. Um, so it honestly have not been able to see the comet um yeah, but the comet has not been visible no but. but we've had that going on we've had all sorts of stuff going on i mean it's been like been busy yeah the the uh spacex launch uh they were launching a satellite it was just a falcon 9 not a falcon heavy um, but as you may have seen in the news it uh was meant to land at the you know port canaveral and kennedy space center yeah um had to make a kind of an evacuation maneuver one of the fins as the booster was landing meant to land on the, on ground of course um one of the fins got stuck hydraulic pump malfunction and it was a perfect example of spacex's kind of contingency plan its ability to not crash the thing into the ground and completely ruin the pad um, but to divert the course and to still land pretty gracefully actually in the ocean 
um, which was a pretty amazing sight. Yeah. And while, yeah, sure, SpaceX probably chalked that one up as a failure, uh, they got the payload into space. That was great. Um, it was actually a Dragon capsule that went out to the ISS to deliver some, some goods. Um, but the booster came down. That, was, that part was a failure. But looking at it, I think a lot of people looked at it from afar and said, even though they chalked it up as a failure, the world looked at it as, wow, this is pretty safe. Like, this thing could have easily just come plummeting down. And so if you watch the live feed, the camera was just spinning, just spinning like crazy. And I remember watching yeah. it thinking like, oh, crap, this thing is about to explode into the pad. Yeah. Completely destroy the pad. But what I learned is that the program is actually set to land on water. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's designed to default to the water. And uh, if the fins all deploy properly and the booster uh, re-engages, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's rocket at the last second there to land properly. It diverts at the last second towards land. But if not, in this case, the contingency was the hydraulic fin failed to engage and it just went spinning finally recovered the last second and landed gracefully in the water was fully recovered and they're thinking they might even be able to reuse it um that was really cool to see just as an advancement in i guess the safety of like it it almost proved that spacex has their stuff yeah together you know they know what they're doing um even though they they probably within their company chunked it up as a failure so that happened and then we also had um Something that wasn't as publicly announced, I guess, was OSIRIS-REx. Yeah. A satellite launched a couple of years, or about a year ago, uh, finally made it to its destination, which was an asteroid that's orbiting the Earth. It's called Bennu, B-E-N-N-U. And that was crazy for me to uh, to kind of learn about. I, I, I was really impressed with it. The fact that it launched from a rocket, it orbited the Earth once, and then it launched off into space. It utilized some gravity assist and caught up with this asteroid just at the exact same speed it caught up with it and it's literally going to go up to the asteroid and within the next i think few months it's going to release its little probe and essentially give the asteroid a high five it's going to just tap the asteroid um suck up some of the material that flies up when it engages with the asteroid and bring it back to earth oh yeah which is just the coolest thing ever. It's not even going to land on the thing. It's just going to fly up to it, give it a high five, and come back. Yeah. Which is really, really cool. So if you haven't heard anything about OSIRIS-REx, check out their website. Um, look up look OSIRIS-REx up on Google, and um, maybe we can dedicate some time to the next podcast about that. Yeah, when I... Uh... Yeah, when I, went, I got a chance to go to Langley, NASA Langley on that, they had like a little, basically... Uh, dummy model of that yeah of osiris rex so it was pretty cool they kind of explained everything that was going to happen with it and um but yeah that was you know and now it did years ago now but yeah, yeah now now it's actually now there it's actually there yeah it's doing its thing but, some of the photos that that yeah. that uh satellite or that probe has taken of that asteroid are pretty incredible yeah to think that this relatively large asteroid is uh just kind of in a general orbit um is pretty neat yeah we'll learn a lot about i think the solar system from taking samples from that asteroid and and you know kind of stemming off of that we also have the the chinese lunar lander oh yeah um so the the chinese have been um one of three countries that have landed something on the moon yeah us the united states russia and 
China. Yeah. Um, we are the only ones who actually have set foot on the moon, but Russia has landed a lander, and China has also had a lander successfully land on the moon. Everything has landed on what we can visualize as, what we look up as the moon, the, the light side of the moon. But China, in their current mission, within the next month, is going to land their probe, their lander, on the dark side of the moon. Yeah. It's going to be the first time in human history that any sort of human-made vehicle is landing on that side of the moon, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and that, that, that's actually already in orbit. Yeah, correct? it's literally yeah, orbiting so. the moon as we yeah. speak. It, yeah. it, it caught into orbit recently. It's going to orbit for a while, and then it's going to engage in a, uh, in a landing sequence. Um, and the last time that China landed a, a rover, I think it was 2014, um, they actually had a, a video of it land. Yeah, which was neat. Obviously, we have video of the Apollo astronauts walking on the moon and everything. But to have like a kind of a modern day video of a of a lander touching down on the moon is cool. So I I think that they'll probably have the same thing for this lander as well. Yeah. So um, kind of cool international space news to see even a country um, outside of the U.S. doing some, making some big waves in the space yeah. industry. Yeah. So a lot happened in this last month and uh crazy month honestly yeah we didn't you know that's the thing is like this kind of stuff's happening every month um and that's also instead of just focusing on eclipse and all that kind of stuff and the you know future eclipses and all that like that's one of the things we really want to emphasize on is like the little things that happen from month yeah, to month but for sure huge huge deal and um yeah hopefully uh, we'll keep we'll continue to highlight those things and i know we will but along with that get to more interviews and stuff like that too so yeah good segue into ben ben i mean like we've already kind of prefaced a bit you'll hear him in a moment just after our break but a really great interview someone who has some some background in the space industry um but has kind of taken it you know well he's utilized that to um kind of help out the amateur space industry game and creating the whereisroadster.com website He's used his knowledge and his his ability and his skills and math and the space industry and everything he has background in to develop this website that has utilized math and data really um, to put um, into a user-friendly way and kind of map out where Starman is, the Falcon Heavy payload that launched back in February, where that is. And, uh, yeah, he's also done several other satellites, and we speak with him about other satellites in the future that he plans to track, um, using NASA Horizons data and yeah. putting it into a very user friendly way. So, so he's a great a great guy that we really enjoyed having an interview with, and we hope that you enjoy it too. Yeah, so. absolutely. I hope you uh, enjoy our little conversation, and uh, you know we'll we'll definitely have more of these in the future. And cheers. Yeah. joining us on Eclipse on Tap is Ben Pearson, the Roadster Tracker, founder of WhereIsRoadster.com. Welcome to the podcast, Ben. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, we're here with uh, co-host David. How's it going, everybody? And on this lovely December evening, um, we're very fortunate to be able to chat with Ben. 
and looking forward to hearing all of the, uh, the background of whereisroadster.com. So Ben, uh, if you don't mind, uh, if you want to introduce yourself a little bit and maybe talk a little bit about how you um, became interested in space in the first place. Sure. Um, my name is Ben Pearson. I'm a electrical engineer by major, but I've been working a lot in the aerospace industry for the last 12 years or so. I've been interested in space really my entire life. I remember reading every book in my little elementary school library that I could about space exploration when I was in third through fifth grade, and it's kind of continued ever since then even to the point where the university I went to, the University of Arizona, I chose that because they had a program where you could build satellites as a student. And so I went in there and sought out the student satellite program and was involved with that and kind of been involved with it ever since to some extent, although to a varying degree professionally. But I've always been interested in this. And um, for the last six years or so, I've been a moderator at the Space Stack Exchange uh, question where you can ask questions about space exploration or whatever too so I've been continuing my my passion for space exploration since then that is awesome and uh, very cool that you've had experiences with satellites I know uh, when David and I were looking at your where's roadster website in the about section it does say that you have some experience working on uh, various satellites um, could you expand on that a little bit yeah sure so I most of the actual building satellites that I've done was at the University of Arizona. I um, helped with the CubeSat program that they had there. So our CubeSats, we had launched two of them into space that were on a, a Russian Dnieper rocket that was in 2006. It was the first big launch of CubeSats, and it was also the first big crash of CubeSats. So oh, mm. got to see a nice big crater where... Uh, our satellites ended up, but it was still a really great experience and learned a lot about things. And I also worked with the high rise program while I was there and was able to learn quite a bit about how the NASA operations work, how all of that kind of stuff works, seeing the super high resolution pictures that high rise takes of Mars. And I've done a lot of work with various aerospace things. I work with some uh, commercial communication satellites as what was called a satellite engineer where basically my job was to help maintain the satellites and keep them going and review the documents for the next generation of satellites that were coming to be. Interesting. Uh, did you, when you actually were in uh, the, the, obviously you were uh, part of the whole design phase of the satellites, but would you actually go to the launches then and watch these things take off and, um, or was it more behind the scenes kind of stuff? Uh, it was more behind the scenes. I have never actually seen a orbital rocket launch. Oh, okay. So, most I, powerful I rocket launch I've seen was about a uh, maybe ten foot model rocket. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I like a lot of these programs. I, I wouldn't have known. Just you know, I obviously took a different path in college, but it's pretty cool just to to realize that yeah, these are you know, schools have these programs and people are able to do this. You know through school and all that. So, um, but yeah, just very interesting. I, I wouldn't have known, you know, that those opportunities exist and, you know, unless you talk to somebody like you that who has, has gone out there and done that. But yeah, interesting. I, I would have, uh, it would have been cool to, you know, actually go see those things launch, but <laughs> that's, that's kind of our goal is to go see a, a launch eventually. But, um, yeah, we're in the same point. boat. We, so, we both have 
neither of us have other, ever seen an orbital launch uh, either uh, live, and so that would be something to to really make on the bucket list for sure. Yep. I take it back. I did kind of sort of see a, a launch. I was in Philadelphia when they launched a rocket to the ISS and you could actually see it. It was at nighttime. It was like 200 miles away, but you could actually see it, which is kind of cool. Oh, That's yeah. awesome. Well, especially at night, probably lights up the whole <laughs> the whole horizon. But I mean, 200 yeah. miles away, yeah. it's <laughs> still somewhat dim, but it's yeah. a nice, yeah. noticeable orange speck of light that's yeah. pretty bright. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Yeah. What are the one of the last uh, folks that we spoke with on this podcast is a space launch photographer. So he had a very opposite experience. He's seen, can't even count on his fingers how yeah. many launches he's seen. So. Um, Pretty interesting and definitely something that I think any of us that are interested in space uh, really strive to go see someday. So, um, yeah, bucket list material for sure. But yeah, um, I at least got to make it out to Wallops Island one of these days. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, kind of transitioning into where is Roadster.com. Uh, our listeners are very well familiar with this site because after the launch of Falcon Heavy, we've been really inspired by it and been tracking uh, him via your site and uh, every few months we kind of tune back into where is Roadster and we love all the different pieces of data that you can gather from that site. So what was the inspiration for where is Roadster.com? So I'm trying to remember exactly how it came to be but basically I was watching the press briefing that uh, Elon Musk did a couple of hours after the Falcon Heavy launch, and they were asked, hey, so how can we figure out where this thing is? He's like, well, we're not going to actually do that. You know, if somebody else does that, then fine, but we're not going to actually do that. And then the next morning, you know, I started trying to figure this out. I saw on this this website that I had mentioned, people were looking for the answer to it. And I sat there and thought, how would I actually do this? And I figured, well, I could take some a program called the Satellite Toolkit, SDK, and I could use the information that was available at the time, which was a little picture that Elon Musk had sent out along with what's called a C3 energy value. And using that bit of information, using approximately the time when it happened, and using you know data that had been tracking it while it was orbiting the Earth for a couple of times, you could actually figure it out where it was. That was a lot of work. I'm thinking, okay, I could probably do this, and it would take me an hour or two to figure this out. How's a normal person going to figure that out? And the answer was, they're not. So I started thinking, well, I could probably make some kind of a website that would show where this is, and people could actually just take a look at it and see where it was. I figured, well, somebody's going to do it. I thought, well, you know what? Why not me? And so I looked, and I found a domain name that worked well enough, and registered it and I got home that evening and I told my wife hey I've got this idea it could be a fun idea but uh, you know sequestered myself in my bedroom on my computer coding for (laughs) six seven hours and finally I figured out where it was my very very first version of it was me using these tools trying to figure out where it was and thankfully NASA released the next morning that they their tracking site, JPL Horizons, has the information, which made my life much, much easier. Oh, nice. And, yeah. So I've been slowly adding to it ever since then. The very, very first version just showed the distance away from Earth. Um, Within a couple of days, I had 
a lot of the different statistics that are on there now. And I had the solar system map that you can see mm -hmm. visually where it is. And I've taken ideas where people have come up with them. The most famous thing that people always like is the, how many times has the roadster expired its warranty? Yeah. That yeah. was totally not my <laughs> idea, but I heard it and thought, Oh, I got to put that on there. Yeah. No, we, um, yeah, he and uh, both Matt and I, uh, we, I was watching it at work. Yeah, me too. Um, and, yeah. and so was Matt. Me so too. We were, <laughs> we were basically, yeah, just like, I was just googly eyed, just watching, watching my computer. Um, but it's just so inspiring to see a launch like that. And you realize that that's like the new, the next step to like, uh, I guess the, the next generation of, you know, taking humans into space again and, and on, and flying to Mars and all that and the moon and beyond. But, I think the first day that we that that happened actually we we I think you found whereisroaster.com yeah, yep and then we checked it so we we were all about it because we were trying to yeah, that's the first thing we thought of as you mentioned is I wonder where it is right now I mean because they had a couple of they had that live feed going for a while where you could actually watch it but yeah after a while that went away so you're, you're kind of thinking your your mind starts kind of ticking okay well I wonder what you know where he's at right now how far away from earth is he and all that kind of stuff so yeah, we definitely landed upon your website. I think a day or two after launch, and um, and yeah, we like and we you said, were there very very early days. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. we uh, and and ever since then, I mean, we've been doing this podcast for over a year, and we've been just kind of basically periodically checking in and seeing where he is, uh, where where Starman is. So, um, so yeah, it's been very interesting, and we've always we've been kind of just, I, I guess, just. My my mind my mind just kind of boggles at like how are you able to figure everything yeah. out? Um, but very very impressive. <laughs> oh, the truth is is that there's relatively little math that I end up doing now. It's mostly just unit conversion stuff is what's on the website and plotting data that's there. Mm -hmm. NASA's done most of the hard work. It's just querying their database. Yeah. The very very first version. If you saw it that day, you know, two days after launch, that was the version that I was hand calculating it using this tool. But that, I had the version one that came from that, and I never really trusted it very much. And I was very glad when I had a better source. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, even so, being able to uh, do do the unit conversion of that data and plot it and everything still mm -hmm. is uh, is very impressive. And um, and what we noticed too is that you've got some other uh, notable satellites and probes on the website now as well. Uh, is that also just taking that same kind of um, idea, uh, to, you, using conversion of the JPL data and plotting OSIRIS-REx and other notable yeah. satellites? Yeah. That's pretty much how it all comes. It's through one of their various... Um, they, they have the data for most of those on the website. I could probably figure out a lot of them by hand if I needed to, but... Yeah it's mostly using NASA data. And, you know, once I have the whole process figured out, I just add another satellite to the script and add a few more pages and takes a couple of hours and have something else that I need to. That's awesome. I think, yeah. yeah, one of the, one of the big things that we'll be talking about in this December, uh, podcast is Osiris Rex and it's, uh, it's discovery of water on the uh, asteroid Bennu. Is that something that, um, you feel like there's going to be a little bit more buzz for your site. Do you do you see fluctuations in in traffic? I guess. Um, for the other satellites, a little bit, especially the day that Insight landed, there was some more traffic to the site than normal. Yeah. Um, but 
in general, you know, Mars attracts a lot of attention, but the biggest fluctuations by far and the biggest amount of traffic by far is just the main part of tracking Starman. And, you know, whether it be some news article that comes out talking about it or when Starman hit the far point from the sun about a month ago, there was a lot of buzz that came out there or whether it be Elon Musk who suddenly tweets out at three o'clock in the morning, second page of Google used to be the best place to hide a dead body. Whereas roadster.com. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it is crazy how the space news community does. It, it does seem to fluctuate. Uh, and, and that's one of the reasons why we sought out to um, introduce this podcast being casual in nature to kind of keep that even keel of, uh, of just space enthusiasm. Because I do think there are a lot of people, and we noticed this at the eclipse. Um, when we went to visit, we were there a day in advance and saw the whole um, partial eclipse leading up to the totality and stayed for the whole partial uh, after totality. And yet there were still people that showed up five minutes before totality and left the second it was over. So, um so it it is great that uh, that your website I think I think it is a place that people go uh, and it's interesting to hear you say too that you see these fluctuations when insight lands and uh, that I think that's good to hear as far as people who are interested in space because I think it is an important thing to to be interested in. Yeah, I showed up a couple of hours before the eclipse and you know had lunch. We found a place there and then. Uh, we, um, I was telling the guys before we started talking that I also saw the eclipse not too far from where they did, but as soon as it was over, I left because I knew traffic was going to be a nightmare. Oh, yeah, and it, it was crazy. a nightmare was, even yeah, when we easy. left. Yeah, I think it took us. Um, <clears throat> like we said, we were down in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, and it. I mean, it had to have taken us. It was like four hours to get back from Hopkinsville. It was like an hour more. and a, yeah, an hour and a half drive to get there in the morning, and then four hours to get back. Yeah. So, and yeah. I was taking back roads and all that. So the highway was a parking lot, but yeah. 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 I live close to Washington, <laughs> D.C. Nominally, it would be an eight-hour drive. It was maybe 10, 11 to get down there. And, oh, gosh, we got home at like 2 o'clock in the morning. So that was, you know, 12 hours or whatever to get home. Yeah. yeah. Worth, yeah it was, worth every minute, though. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I'd had that on my calendar to go see for five years, my PTO calendar, which was actually three jobs prior. <laughs> for so the, it was uh, kind of funny. For the 2024, are, are you planning on doing anything big for that one, the next great American solar eclipse? I haven't decided yet. I would like to see it, but I'm probably not going to go as much out of my way. Right. You know, I at least wanted to see one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's yeah. a good goal. I think, uh, yeah, we're definitely hooked. Um, we, we, uh, we have that, that need to see it again kind of feeling. So, um, yeah. yeah, we, I don't know, like we've always, like my dad, um, has always been into astronomy and all that kind of stuff. So he's, he's kind of brought me up, you know, to, you know, naturally you, you become interested in it if your dad's interested in it. And so, um, you know, we, he's actually the one that, you know, it was kind of his, he, his, he kind of took the lead with taking us down there. Yeah. His um, idea. And, uh, yeah, so we, it was about, you know, he started planning it about three years in advance. And then uh, a couple of days before we realized the weather was going to be kind of hit or miss where we were actually going to go. So like the last, last second we decided to pull the pin on the Carbondale and which, you know, I think it was a little bit overcast there and we ended up going to Hopkinsville. But, um, so that's definitely for me, at least like, things like this even like the launch of you know the falcon heavy and you know 
all this kind of stuff like you know the future the bfr all these you know even uh, blue horizons and all that just the 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 new age of the space race is kind of starting to i guess it's it's becoming uh more and more fueled i think as the months go on the years go on so uh, i got to go to uh NASA Langley to see a Orion capsule splash test and all that. So it, things like that just, to, you know, I think over the next five to 10 years, we're going to, it's just going to be more and more excitement. And so, um, I, I it think, certainly uh, is. yeah, I'm, I think it's going to, it's a great thing, but you know, hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, things turn out well for everything, but, um, yeah, I things. don't know. So are you, are you planning on as far as, you know, your, the website you have going on now for, are you planning on possibly tracking like any of the future larger launches? You know, if there's well, I do own the domain name whereisbfr.com. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. There and, you go. Uh, there you go. Now BFR actually has a real <laughs> name. It's going to be called uh, Starship, and so I also own, I believe, that domain as well. So I haven't decided okay. fully what I'm going to do yet. I do have kind of a little just boilerplate site on there for now, but um, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, that I think, obviously, I think there'll be, you know, who knows what, what the plan is for, you know, those launches and if it's going to be, because I've heard, you know, the, even the, uh, you know, Dear Moon mission, um, they're going to be doing some kind of, you know, periodical, like, like every once in a while, they're going to do a live feed of that, you know, they'll have a... I heard it was going to be... Yeah continually is, broadcast in near real time oh, and it's really? not just going to be broadcast it's going to be um uh vr quality data wow yeah so you know who knows <laughs> i yeah. guess if, if people are able to go watch it i mean that, that's going to be pretty amazing but of course. i mean yeah down the road but i think it would be cool just because for on your website what i really love is the fact that you added just the you can like the, the animation uh videos that you can see where you can actually see okay how how does it look from the cockpit of the of the roadster right now as far as like where he is when he passes the planets and all that and how did did you just is this like an approximate as far as the scaling like on some of these videos uh the animations i see that you know starman's in the roadster and you know maybe earth is you know or mars or wherever he was passing um did you just is it an approximate scale of what it would look like if it was at, he, you were actually in the roadster? Or how did you figure that out? Yeah, it's an approximate scale. Basically, I um, so everything I did was built with the game engine Unity. I had been doing a lot of work with that prior to coming up with the idea for the website, and it um, basically I just took a camera in Unity and I tried to make it look as close as I could to what it was we were seeing from the live data feed. And the scale is approximate. It's it's yeah. definitely not going to be perfect, but no, it's pretty yeah. close. Yeah, that's that was one of the coolest things when you when you posted those. I was you know because it gives people a sense of like all right, they can kind of relate and say okay, I know that this would be you know this is where he is and this is how close he is, um, you know that kind of thing. But especially for the general public, just you know hopping on the website and checking it out. So I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, that would be. Not something that I would be capable of doing, <laughs> but, but you'd be surprised at what you could be capable of doing if you push yourself hard enough. Yeah, that uh, it's neat to see. Yeah, the perspective is very cool. Now, I mean, as far as the website after the creation, you talked about traffic being very steady for any news related to Starman. 
has there been people that have reached out to you? Um, anybody that's, I guess, what you could consider like a big a big name or uh, a big agency or something that's been interested in kind of how you've presented that data? I mean, I've had people from, let's see, The Verge has contacted me, Ars Technica has contacted me, um, uh, Discover Magazine has. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, a fair number of people, you know, people, uh, CNBC did, they never did an actual article about it, but they did contact me and ask me a bunch of questions. It's been quite the experience to say the least. That's incredible. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool to see how these things come together. Um, and to have somebody like you be able to put all the pieces together for the general public, it's almost, uh, um, you know, you talked about converting that the, the JPL Horizons data into in plottable graphs and being able to see everything. But then, you know, you are kind of taking that and piecing it together for the general public to see. So like David and I can try to understand some of these things. And, and I, I like the, you, you know, you said to the addition of how many times the warranty has expired or how many times um, Space Oddity has been heard in his ear and He's got to be getting really tired of that. By yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Uh, it's just one of those things that I think adds that that um, that there's a, it adds like a human connection to Starman, and I think that uh, really makes people happy. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely grabbed the attention. Yeah, yeah. I one of the things I think about is just you wonder if it's like what it actually. If there's anything that's happened physically to the, the vehicle, <laughs> like, yeah, I always kind of think, oh, well, it's I'm, I'm definitely sure, not going to be in no, this good of condition. I'm sure it's definitely it's experienced some uh, space weather or yeah. uh, something. Something's Health happened with to it, like some. <laughs> but it's not super well known, but it's pretty much guaranteed that it only had one wheel, one wheel on the vehicle when it launched, mm-hmm. which is the wheel that was visible in all of the, the camera shots. Oh really? Oh, yeah. But they did a lot of modification to it. You can see that the windshield wipers are gone and the rear view mirror is gone from it. They definitely did a lot to the vehicle to make it sturdy enough to get into space. Cause just putting a car on this rocket isn't going to cut it. You have to at the very least bolt it to the spacecraft. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then there's all kinds of things that you have to do, all kinds of tests that you have to do to ensure that it's not going to shake the rocket apart. But yeah, yeah, they, and by now the paint's probably mostly gone. The seats yeah. are probably yeah. not in great condition, but for the most part, the car should be okay. Yeah. yeah. Still car looking like a car, maybe. <laughs> it's yeah, uh, more or less yeah. one wheel car, at least he had his seat belt on. So, you know, Hopefully, he'll, yeah. hopefully oh. he's still there, you know. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> hopefully he's safe. But it's, I'm not sure how well the spacesuits will withstand a vacuum for an extended period of time, but they probably do pretty well, I imagine. Yeah, if that was actual, because I think that that's what they actually did is they put that's an actual um, like SpaceX suit, yeah SpaceX yeah. suit that yeah. maybe I don't know if it was a prototype suit or what it was, but it sounded like it was an actual suit. It wasn't just a you know yeah a yeah prop, it's a um, it's um, one they call it an iva suit yeah. for the um dragon uh crew capsule yeah so that space suit could be plugged into the dragon systems and the astronauts that are going to fly on a future dragon will wear a space suit that looks a lot like that yeah that's awesome yeah 
speaking of all of, all of this, um, you know, we talked about the the pieces kind of coming together, the puzzle pieces fitting together for this almost you can call it maybe a space race with you've got all these private sector funded organizations, the SpaceX, Blue Origin, even um, smaller privately funded places like Rocket Lab in uh, New Zealand, who's got their big launch uh, open the launch window opening tomorrow. Actually, um, how do you feel about that? Like, where where do you see in the next maybe five years uh, this going? And it's kind of starting to pick up steam. I mean, it's amazing everything that's been done so far. You know, the amount of of competition that's out there is is fantastic. Um, really there's kind of three people that are playing into the the big leagues right now of trying to take humans into deep space and so that would be the sls rocket that nasa has been working on mm-hmm. in some way shape or form since 2006 or so maybe even a little bit earlier mm-hmm. and you also have the um the new horizons or the new horizons the new shepherd and glenn and um, Armstrong rockets that Blue Origin is working on, right. mm-hmm. which are you know going to have a huge amount of capability, especially the the latter two. New Shepard is relatively small suborbital rocket, of course, and it's just absolutely amazing the amount of payload that we're going to be able to carry into orbit, and the prices that we're going to be able to do it are just vastly cheaper than anything that's come before. It's really. I really feel that in 10 years, we're going to live in a different kind of world. You know, it's been this year, we're celebrating 50 years since humans first orbited the moon Mm -hmm. with the Apollo 8 launch in just a couple of days. Yeah. You know, they were famously there on Christmas Eve reading from the, uh, the book of Genesis. Yeah. And, you know, that was 50 years ago. Yeah. It's crazy that we haven't been to the moon in, you know, 46, seven years, something like that. Yeah. And that that's hopefully going to come to an end pretty for too long. And it's really great to see that kind of stuff happening. I mean, I remember thinking, oh yeah, there'll be a base on the, on the moon and on Mars in 2025. Cause those were the kind of questions I would ask my teachers. And that's what they would tell me when I was in, in elementary school. And, that might actually happen now. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, with the way things are going, yeah, it's uh, pretty incredible. It, it's mm-hmm. and a lot of it is, um, I guess. Obviously, you know, a couple weeks ago we had, uh, you know, the the landing uh, on Mars and all that of the you know the new probe that they sent there and all that. But it, I think there's, and that was covered on the news, uh, you know, the national news and all that. But a lot of it's behind the scenes. So I mean. If you, unless you're going and you're actually searching for a lot of this information, um, it, it's really it. A lot of it isn't really publicized to the national public. I don't think. I mean, uh, even even with you know some of the Orion stuff that you're seeing uh, for, with NASA and all that, um, it's not always not always publicized. I think the way that mm-hmm. it should. But I think there's so much like behind the scenes that's going on, and these. I'm talking like these rockets are bigger than Saturn V rockets that are going to take people to the moon and to the Mars and beyond. Um, I think it's like it's unbelievable what's actually the technology that is 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 here and is is you know a real thing that's actually being created and, and they're working on it and, be, and it's everything's being made. So I think it's 
like you said, in the next 10 years, it's going to be a totally different world. It's just a matter of, you know, I think everybody testing and finalizing everything and then launching. I think once we launch the next human is really when everyone's going to start turning heads again. And, you know, obviously, you know, when the next human orbits the moon or lands on the moon, that's going to really, I think, uh, ramp up as the excitement for the, the world, the general public of the world, I think. So next month, SpaceX yeah. launches the test version of the dragon that'll carry humans to the space station. It should dock with the space station if all goes well. Yeah. So yeah. it's coming quick. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, yeah, you, you see the, the general public, I mean, in a way with, uh, Yuzaku Maizawa getting involved with the dear moon project and, when we first heard that that news, when that was when that press release broke, uh, we were kind of confused at first because we figured the the person that was going to be the 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 passenger on the BFR would be someone involved with space in some matter. Um, but it ended up being kind of interesting to hear that the news was so was so vastly different. It was truly a citizen passenger, um, and hopefully that all comes to fruition. So. I think it's, I fully uh, expected it to be a civilian passenger, but I was somewhat surprised that he was bringing artists. It's a really brilliant move, really, yeah. and I think that that could have a huge impact. Yeah, I think he's an inspiring character, and to to listen to some of the the talks he's given since then, explaining his idea for the mission, um, are pretty cool. Just to to know, we really haven't had any sort of creative mind not to say that astronauts aren't creative minds but uh his inspiration saying you know what if john lennon could see the earth in full uh what kind of music would he have written or pablo picasso having seen the surface of the moon what kind of pictures would he paint i think that is um a really awesome project i think one of the the dirty dozen apollo astronauts was uh was a poet but that's the only yeah, and then Char- or, uh, Alan Bean was a painter um, and paint- yeah. painted a lot of uh, his his views from the moon. But Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, he, um, he had some pretty cool ones after having retired from the, uh, from the space industry. But, but I think it is, uh, it's all coming together, and it's a very exciting time. So, but, Indeed uh, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time uh, again out of your day and speaking with us here on eclipse on tap uh, this is yeah, no uh, problem. episode 16 once a month we've been doing this and uh steady and strong that's the way we we're going to continue hopefully yep and um we always kind of do a little shameless self-promotion of ourselves so if, if you'd like uh, where can people find you know where's roadster i mean obviously where's roadster.com but uh are there other avenues of maybe social media people can reach you sure um, where's roadster.com and it has links to, to everything I do. I, um, also have uh, pretty active on Twitter with where's roadster there. And I have a YouTube channel where you can see the videos that they were talking about. And I've also started doing a variety of space type videos. Some, you know, talking about some of these advanced concepts in space exploration and some just playing video games that talk about space and, and talking about some of the latest news that's going on. That is so, awesome. Cool. And that's um, uh, youtube.com slash C slash Where's Roadster. Yeah, we, cool. I visited that. So. Yes, yeah, yeah we've yeah. both been, uh, vis- we visited your YouTube and, and saw some of those videos as well. And uh, for, for our listeners, 
Uh, as always, you can find us on, uh, on Twitter and Instagram at EclipseOnTap uh, or on our website, EclipseOnTap.space. Uh, so with that being said, Ben Pearson, founder of WhereIsRoadster.com, the Roadster Tracker. Uh, we will hopefully speak with you again sometime, maybe. The yeah, BFR. Sure. The BFR. Yeah. Where is BFR, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, Starship now. Yeah, yeah where is Starship? Starship? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's too cool. Uh, but with that being said, we uh, again, thanks for coming on, and we'll, we'll talk to you next time.